0: Welcome to another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Bethia jones I am your host, and today we will continue to have candid conversations about faith and religion. Ever since I was a little girl, I have been fascinated with religion. When I was younger, I understood religion to be a study of the Holy Bible. I didn't know other religions existed. I believed that everyone believed as I believed and received the same teaching. I later discovered that that was not necessarily true. But it would take many years to realize that there was much more to religion than what I was initially taught. As a child, I questioned everything. And when I didn't get the answers I was looking for, I began my own search for truth. And that search led me down a rabbit hole from which I have yet to emerge. I am still searching and learning more than 40 years later, becoming a doctor of philosophy and biblical studies and I have found that there is no beginning and no end. From forever in the past to forever in the future, he is God and I will never be able to grasp his sovereignty. But even still, my quest for knowledge continues. My returning guest is Mr. Nika Ahmed, and for the next three months, he will teach me something new. We will have amazing spiritual conversations that will continue to guide me on this spiritual journey as I strive to obtain a higher consciousness. And although often called a teacher, there is still a lot to learn, and I am not afraid to call myself a student i welcome this opportunity to learn and grow so welcome to my show
1: so welcome back i am happy to be back to our last discussion on this very important topic um, Kimmit. I'm here once again with my guests, Miss Kiana Jones, Nika Amen, Mr. Basui, Nika Amen, and of course my lovely co-host, Miss Anita Crumb. How are you
2: doing, Anita? So Anita. Excellent. Thank you very well.
1: Good. It's good to see you again. And you're looking rather lovely, I might say. My audience can't see you, so it's their loss. <laughs> because you're looking very lovely. You're too kind,
3: share. thank you.
1: So um, Anita, we we were in a great conversations these last two um, sessions that we have, and I know that you took lots of notes. So just for the sake of our audience tonight, do you wanna just give us a recap so that you can introduce our guests to come back in and start speaking again?
3: Absolutely, thank you. Thank you so much, Caroline. Yes, last month's podcast was, I I thought it was the best of the best. And I know that we're lined up to close this out today with some more richness. And as a recap, last month, we talked about the language of the gods. But so we talked about what it is and why it's important. And without giving a lot of detail, I'll just do high level recap. It had to do with uh, education and education and reparations, which we all know is in and of itself, just a small portion of what we're um, excavating during these conversations. Also, we talked about decoding the pyramids and Keywords and concepts. Keywords and concepts. When you talk about language in any content, context, excuse me, there's language. And language needs to be understood so that we understand the times, the people, and also the history. And Basui did an excellent job giving us those uh, keywords and concepts. And then the bulk of our conversation went about how to study it all. And that was where the richness came in and it tied in some of the things that we're seeing playing out in our present day environment for the society and across the globe. And so today we're here and we're going to be talking about the spiritual guides for your spiritual journey and topics that fall underneath that. So. Without further ado, and much anticipation for more rich conversation, I am introducing here Basui Niki Amen. And also on the line is Kiana Jones, Niki Amin. Basui, welcome. The floor is yours.
4: Yes, welcome. Welcome, welcome. And dua, dua, ashe. Thanks for Bye having me. <laughs> Thanks for having me back, back. <laughs> Once again, much appreciative. Uh, anytime you know, we're able to really speak on spiritual matters, uh, especially when we're able to expose the hidden truths you know, about our history, you know, it's always um, opportune you know, an opportune time to do so. There's never a time that isn't. So um, I appreciate the platform to be able to do that.
1: We appreciate you being here. Thank you again for coming back.
4: Yes, yes. So today we are here to talk about Kemetic spirituality. Now we're actually getting into the spiritual system of it all that, right? So I guess we'll start off with what Kemetic Spirituality means. Okay. I- Sounds good, sounds good, go ahead. I, you know, it's Kemetic Spirituality. I would say that it's a system that promotes and allows for the, for the personal fulfillment of that divine exchange between the creator and creation. The, the divine exchange. And that divine exchange is the creator. And I'm just going to go to the creation story very, very briefly. One of the most popular creation stories. The one that originated out of uh, the the mythology of Anu with Atum Ra was the creator. And see what it was, was Atum Ra was suspended in the pre-created state. And so Atum Ra realizes that it wants to experience. And, and now just keep in mind, I'll say Atum Ra or I'll say Neture. They're one and the same. The names are interchangeable. Atum Ra was just the name that was prescribed to the all-encompassing creator. We can also call that divinity Neture, right? or that entity Neture. Right. And so Atum Ra has an awareness and wants to experience life outside of the pre-created state. And he wants to create a a life where it'll be able to experience the fullness of itself. Right. Experience everything that it can do in every form that it can possibly, possibly do it. You know, that's what the creator wants to do. That's its reason for creating creation as it is told to us, you know, the way that we perceive it. And before the creator does this, the uh, Neture, or Atun Ra creates a, a platform that will allow for creation to fold in an orderly, balanced, uh, harmonious, and reciprocal manner a typical, uh, fashion, right? And this platform will serve as a theme for creation because it will live within everything in creation, right? As above, so below, it'll live in, within everything. In the same form, maybe different magnitudes, right? And, we'll trans, and it will govern the way that everything communicates with each other. And if we translate that into humanity, Right, we'll look at that as our moral code of ethics. So this is the platform that will be created before creation is even began. And this will be called Ma'at, right? It's the order of the universe, the way that everything is going to unfold, the law of the universe. And if you ever like, you know, watch the documentary on the a study like the big bang theory or anything like that, you see the order of the universe, you know, from it, it, the development of the domains, right, how the earth was created first, then came the plant domain, then the animal domain, then the human domain, that's ma'at, you know, responsible for that, for that order, you know, the way the ozone layer was formed, you know, how the water, uh, the molecules are brought down from the the, the meteor, the meteor storm, that happened billions of years ago, right? That flooded the waters or that went into the waters, went under the waters and mixed with the volcanoes under the waters and they started to pollute the air and that's how oxygen, you know, started to, to be created in the air. And see, that's my, eye. you know, it's that, that divine order that allows for creation and the next step of creation to happen in every step that predilated that. Right, so all of that would be in place before creator uh, starts uh, to engender creation, right? And so just stopping right here, this is still the first part of the divine exchange, right? But let's get some principles that we can extract from this. And so from here, we realize the first principle is that everything is consciousness. Right, this is a kematic principle. Everything is consciousness, and that we get that from Atum Ra being aware of its state in the of its existence in the pre created state. Right, and that that notion is a consciousness of its awareness, right? It's a you know being conscious of its awareness. Some call it consciousness being conscious of its own consciousness, right? It's a little convoluted, but. That's what that is. That, that is, that initial notion is, is the consciousness of the, of the creator. And so everything after that is going to have a consciousness because everything that creator uh, creates will have that same substratum that exists within the creator. And so consciousness was there at the beginning. So everything will be created with that consciousness. Okay, is, is that right there clear so far? Yes, that's very, very clear. Very, very clear. All right. And so we'll get another principle from that too. And that is that everything happens in duality after this point on, because what it was, what happens is that once the creator separates itself from the pre-created state, that formed the first duality. You had pre-creation, creation, the subtle world, and now the physical world come into play right and those are complementary you know they both still have my you know in in both of them right but they're just complementary opposites now and from that point on everything will be formed in that fashion of having duality whatever you want to look at right you can look at a chair and say well how does a chair well it's not about the physical form that you're looking at but it's that subtle form remember at this point, physical life hasn't even been created yet. So we're talking about the substratum that exists in the subtle realm, right? And so what we're talking about when we say everything is duality is everything is made up of molecules. Everything. Molecules have negative and positive charges, right? So just at the subtle most layer, we have our formation of duality. Right. And so, depending on how fast or slow those molecules move, uh, things become inert. Right. And we start to see things more. They can either be subtle, depending on how fast they move, or physical, like a chair, you know, depending on how slow they move. Right. And so, that's the second principle. And then, our third or our third spiritual philosophy is the philosophy that everything is unfolding in mind, everything is happening in accordance to maat, right the way that the cosmos move our bodies our internal bodies emulate that same movement right and it's to a point it's it's so finite it's so so, such to a point where even the uh, modicum amount of, of disturbance can cause chaos right and if we're talking cosmos we can be talking natural catastrophe if we're talking in our bodies, then we can be talking about sicknesses and, you know, and illnesses and diseases. And so these will be our first, our spiritual philosophies that will happen before, you know, uh, physical life is, e- is even created. And so that is the first. So after that, the creator now creates the billions of vessels in the physical world. That it will now express itself through. And so that right there is the first part of of this divine exchange. The Creator now creates these vessels for it to experience itself through in life. Right. And now the second part of this exchange is.
3: Basui, before you go on, if I could please. Uh So as as I'm I'm following your whole concept here and what comes to mind is the saying as, so as, above, as so, above, so as above so below
4: as above so below right. so below
3: okay so right. that's that same concept and so for us to understand that I think that that gives real clarity of where you're going with that and it takes the picture clear Okay. All right. Thank you for, for clarifying that because that's what came to me. So hopefully it helps the listeners if they're trying to physically um, conceptualize.
4: Right, right, right. These, is, are, these are spiritual philosophies. Yes. These exist in every religion, no matter what, you know, box a person wants to uh, circumscribe their religion in because of their culture. These Correct. spiritual philosophies are not going away. This is what it is. Right. This was the creation of the universe, the laws that, you know, speak to us from the cosmos, you know, and so whatever, however you want to dress it up as we're talking mm-hmm. about the same thing, you Great. know, so yeah, that's why, you know, well, I guess we'll get it. Good. Right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I, I wanted for clarification. <laughs>
4: Because I don't even want to kept, go off into a tangent, but yeah. No, and
3: I, and I don't want to take you there, but for clarification's sake, because it kept coming to me and I just wanted to put it out there. So thank you for clarifying and please continue.
4: Okay, uh, do I, do I. And so that was the, the first part of the divine exchange. The creator just did its part. It created creation for us to live as vessels. And so the creation uh, creator can express itself through. So now it's our job as those physical vessels to manage ourselves in a divine way so that we can manage creation in a way that will allow the uh, divine exchange to take place naturally, right? And, and, you know, our part is doing all of the things that would allow us to get back to our higher selves. You know, human. it's funny because humans, we're the only ones (laughs) that are not brought into the program. Everybody else is. Every other domain is brought into the program. So they don't need instruction on how to get to their higher selves because they're instinctive with nature, right? With the creator, with the laws of the universe. So we're the ones that need the instruction because we keep deterring. You know, we wake up in the morning and say, ah, I I was born with my own body. I could do what I want to do. Right, so we have that autonomy, you know, way of thinking where we can move outside of the program and just do our own thing. And it's it's an irony because that is the thing that consciousness that we have is the one thing that is supposed to make us as the managers of creation. Right, we're supposed to be setting the scene for everything to unfold in a way that would allow. Other domains to communicate with each other and, and prevent you know these catastrophes from happening or, or overspilling to all of the other domains, right? We're the ones because we have the consciousness that can do that. We can take plants and put them in a lighthouse if if one area starts to you know uh, become uh, toxic, right? We can take animals, move them into another uh, geography if that area starts to, you know, become too toxic or or anything like that. So we have that ability. We're the ones who have the ability to move through different domains and make creation safe for other domains, right? The other domains don't have that if we do, but we use that to sometimes cripple creation and want to, you know, go the way of our ego and say, well, you know what? I don't have to save anyone. I just have to save myself, you know? And so that was a, just a little bit of a tangent, but right. Rasui, um, yes. you,
5: you speak about the domains. Can you just name those for anyone that's not familiar with what the domains are?
4: Right, so right, the domains of life are the, <laughs> the domains of life are the pretty much the, the, the platform that all life unfolds on, right? And so in an orderly fashion, this is the order of my. This is how life unfolded through the domains. The first domain is the, the mineral domain. That's the Earth. The cosmos, I mean, those are minerals. the stars are minerals, right? Sun's are mineral. The Earth, planet is the mineral, the core, right? All of that came first. Then come the plants. So the plant domain happened next in, next in line. Then, after the plant domain came the animal domain, right? Then, after the animal domain comes the human domain. We come last, right, on, on this uh, order, this, this order of mods. So, those are the, the domains of life that creation happens, you know, and that we exchange communication on if we live according to mind. because we're supposed to communicate within the domains. You know, we, we shouldn't just think that, oh, we're human, we're above, you know, the uh, uh, animals and the plant domains. But those domains can help us in such a way that we don't even understand. And, you know, that was the beauty of the committee, u because they understood nature. You know, they had a reverence for the plant domain, a reverence for the animal domain. And, you know, they, they falsely... Uh, call it animal worship but it's a reverence and I can get into that a, li- a little bit later but yeah so here was our part now of the this divine exchange was to make sure that creation was set up and divinely so that the creator can have a, a peaceful expression through its vessels right so that's our part in the roadmap that was provided by nature to help us stay on the path of of this divine exchange are the universal laws and principles right that we call natural that's that's our roadmap. those universal laws okay like can we, I didn't ask need a- clocks. we just all we needed was the universe to let us know how we can navigate you know just follow the the the, the, the movements of the cosmos to let us know at what times we should navigate and do certain uh, undertakings, you know. But yes, I'm sorry. That.
5: No,
1: no, that that's good because I'm I'm understanding that. So, um, you're saying that um, the um, the divine being who we, for the purpose of this podcast, I'll say God, because that's what people for sure, yes, say, yes. Um, acknowledge. Or the divine being or God set set this whole thing up so that when He put the people. On, on the earth, they would have everything. And that was just a matter of using everything that was put in place for this divine being to express their self, himself, itself through his creation, us. Is, is that what you're right, saying? That's was right, that, that's right. Yeah. The,
4: the only job was just not to mess it up, right? Everything was put in play, you know, just be the vessels, you know, live righteously. Don't Don't mess up this creation. You know, don't go so the do other domains. <laughs> you know, we, uh, uh, live, yeah. live coexistingly with the other domains. Don't destroy it, right? But we did that, right? Memo- yeah, yeah. Men People did not, not get, get the, the memo. Shootout. People did not get the memo. Right, right, right. So we, we, didn't, we don't get the memo a lot of times. And so we always have this turmoil where we have to, you know, try to elevate back up to in, in, in terms of, of divinity. You know, and then we fall off again. And then we have to elevate, keep elevating. Like I said, we're the only ones who have to do that. But all we have to do is just follow the divine plan. You know, it's set in play. You know, since but, the beginning but of the
1: gonna, Let me say, but we are the only ones that were created with free will though, right?
4: Right, but that's what I was saying, that consciousness, right. Yeah,
1: the, the ability, everything else that was put in place was put in place for our pleasure or our... um Knowledge or instructions, but pre- creation humans are the only ones that can make choices. So there's a risk right there, knowing that you are you may not stay on the planet because you have the ability to choose whether or not you're going to stay on this this path. Correct?
4: Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that that was that that is the risk, you know. Okay. But I I you know I'm when my art was put in place you know, you would expect that everyone would kind of fall into, fall in line, you know, to this, this universal harmony. At one point we did, you know, it it was just that, that watershed moment where man just started to go astray. And, but then, you know, that that speaks to the fact that we were born with something else called egos, you know, and that once the ego starts to get, out of control so there goes humanity and so we have to kind of work harder to try to cultivate a higher consciousness in order to keep that ego at bay and so yeah we're the ones who have to to do the cultivating the the, the actual work to make sure that creation doesn't get destroyed like i said everybody else is is brought in to the program right right?
1: but it sounds to me i'm sorry um anita it, it sounds to me like that is the actual challenge then for humankind. To be able to overcome those, I'm going to call it the ego because that's what you introduced, to be able to overcome the ego in order to stay balanced is when we overcome our ego that we're able to stay in balance. Is that correct? Does everybody feel that? So I'm feeling right now that the challenge is being... um, and um, individuals being created with a free will, being created as one who has a free choice, is to be able to, our challenge in this world is to be able to overcome our ego. And that's across the board in every yes. religion. And, and,
4: you know, okay. I, I see it more as a challenge, definitely, challenges, the, you know, the word to use for that. And, you know, the reason why is because the ego is the default mechanism in reality. You know, if all things else goes wrong, your ego is going to be there because your ego governs your survival. You know, so your ego is going to guide you through life, but in survival mode, which is a mode that can be very threatening to others because anything will be perceived as a threat to your survival. It can be the smallest talk that somebody has or just a a movement that you don't like that somebody does. You'll see it as an invasion of your space right saying so all of those things are manifested as a threat to your survival and the ego will tell you we have to deal with this because it's going to threat our survival yeah and, and it may be a little bit um much you know but the ego just all it knows is the concept of surviving and if there's something else in this space right that that poses some type of competition that competition has to go right and it may not be violence but in a way where you have a fallout with somebody that's unnecessary because you didn't check your you know your ego you know and you saw it as some type of threat to your survival maybe not you but your ego did and you just manifested it in a way where you couldn't understand it so you just had a fallout with this person you know when this person really did nothing to you (laughs) you know so that that's what the ego an uncontrolled ego does to people it makes them do things That are impulsive and instinctive in ways that that they don't even they can't control you know because it operates out of the subconscious and so it throws all of these emotions at you from the subconscious and we don't understand it because we haven't mastered that you know majority of the world doesn't elevate on uh operate on a higher consciousness so that's man's downfall the the downfall is that we have to work to cultivate, well, I mean, the uh, challenge is that we have to work to cultivate a higher consciousness because the ego is the default; it will always be there. So we need that thing that's going to buffer it. We weren't born with higher consciousness; we have to cultivate that, right? We have to, we have to cultivate that. Well, we were born with it, but we have to cultivate it. It was just in a like a, a suspended state, but you know, it wasn't at the forefront like the like the ego is. And and so right so see this is the divine exchange is that the creator does its part now we do our part and when you look at you know we'll touch upon it a little bit later but I just want to touch upon it a, little, a little now um, but we'll talk about it in link later but like the 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 archaeology in, in in Kemet so when you look at certain monuments right these monuments were symbols of that divine exchange when they made these pyramids to the true north, right, when they built them to the cosmos, right, and, and, and when they emulated the, the, the movements of the cosmos, right, so this was that that, that um, reverence, see, the thing is that when you build a monument or, or a statue of something, that's immovable, or it's supposed to be immovable, which means that that reverence should last for a lifetime, it should last, be eternal, and that's how they looked at reverence, right? That reverence should be paid eternal for this exchange that we're living in. And you should set up monuments or set up things that symbolize your reverence for allowing us to be the vessels that the creator can express itself to. And that's what those monuments were saying. You know, they're like ways of saying thank you to the, to the energies of the cosmos for, to the nature of ruin and nature for allowing us to be here you know, to exist, but so yes. Yeah, Dr. J, you were saying?
2: No, I said I got it.
1: I got oh, okay. it. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I understand that. Um, right. I think so, Anita had a question though, before you go on, Anita, did your question get satisfied?
3: Because you had um, a question. It wasn't a question. I was just adding to, um, when he talked about the four domains, the mineral plants, um, animal, and then human, and it's as if there are tools in which to survive. Whatever we need, it's there. We had everything that we needed to do what we needed to do on Earth, and, and we still do. But we just have to recognize that we have to recognize that it's all here. So that and you know, to let you know say. how
4: how those domains are within us, right? And in- you and you were all familiar with the chakra system called the chakra system right in kemet it was called sekum shinra right And San, the sanskrit term is chakra the indian term is chakra right in Kemet was sekum shinra and just to give you a like a, an insight as to how those domains exist within us <laughs> right you look at the chakra start from the roots the the ground chakra what they call the earth chakra. Right, sometimes we'll call the root chakra the, the, the first one, but the first one is really the ground chakra, right, where the black stones represent. And so the earth chakra represents the earth energy, right? They say that there's a, the core of the earth, we're all connected to the core of the earth by this invisible core, right? That, that's what energizes us, this is why when people you know, they, they're told when they go in the park, take off your shoes when you get around the trees, when you get around the roots, right? So you can absorb that energy, right? Uh, from your, your earth core, right? And so that ground chakra represents that earth domain. And so now we get to the root chakra, which is the at the coccyx bone, right? We're talking about roots. The root chakra, now we're talking about plants, right? That, that supplant their roots deep within the earth, deep within the core. And so that you're symbolized by your root chakra, through your root chakra. And remember your root chakra is a, bit, well, the root chakra is a very grounding chakra because the roots extend, they can, just as far as trees grow up in the air is how far these roots they may not grow straight down, but they grow sideways, but they can grow just as long, you know, into the ground. And so they're very grounding that way. And then we get into the navel chakra, which represents your instinct. That's that animal instinct, right? And so now we get into the third domain, the animal domain, right? And then we get into the sacred, the, Solar plex chakra, which is uh, represents the sun, right? The solar solar Plex chakra, we will call people of the sun, right? And and then after that we get into our spiritual chakra because after the human domain, and then the so the solar plexus domain, you know, symbolizes the human domain. It runs parallel with the human domain, and then the chakra, all the other chakra after that is spiritual chakra. Once you get into your heart chakra that opens the door to the upper chakra, the spiritual chakra. Now there's the spirit domain that permeates everything. And so we see now, here's a similarity of not above and below, but what's inside is also, you know, exists outside. This is ma'at, you know, all this, this ma'at allows this to take place. You know, this, this um, parallelism of life that exists. Whether it's above and below or inside, so outside, <laughs> you know, the inner world and the outer world or the inner verse and the universe, right? And so I know we got off track a of little. So we were at the divine exchange. Yeah. Yeah. And so oh, oh right. Also, and since we're talking about the 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 reverence that the committee you pay to the domains and just kind of real quick to get to the animal domain, right? And kind of dispelled this, this notion of animal worshiping, right? But it was the same reverence that, that the committee you looked at other facets of nature as. And see, the thing about animals is that two, two things, that they're instinctive and they have superhuman super qualities, right? So the fact that they're instinctive means that they are they were perceived as relayers of divine messages from the creator. Animal instinct can let you know when bad weather is coming, right? Animals know birds know how to fly above the storm. When you see crows fly a certain way, you know there's something bad that may be about to happen, right? And so Animals are very instinctive that way. And that's why animals were watched. The dung beetle was watched for the way that it cleans the earth. Right? And so that's why the dung beetle was very, um, a very commonly used uh, uh, what you, an amulet, you know, to, to clear away negative energies, you know, in, in ancient Kemet. The dung beetle was a very common amulet for that, you know, for the way that it cleansed away negative energy off the earth. Right? And so they, they studied these animals. They revered that. So they saw that as the express of, uh, like I said in the beginning, the create or nature expressing itself through these vessels. And so they revered them. And the fact that they had superhuman qualities add to the allure even more. Because when I say superhuman qualities, animals can fly, right? Animals are two times faster than humans, most of them. Um, multiple times stronger than humans, most of them, right? And so when the committee saw that, they saw those superhuman qualities as, like I said, these were like messages from the creator that these are qualities that we are supposed to harness as human beings, but within a human capacity. We can't fly. So let's not try to jump off buildings and emulate a falcon. But we do have something that can emulate a falcon. Remember a falcon, a falcon is the animal that soars higher than all other birds. Soars higher than all other birds, watches over everything. We translate that into our capacity as our higher consciousness, because our higher consciousness has the ability to transcend physical reality and take us to heights that we've never dreamed imaginable, just as the falcon. And so that's why Heru, who was represented by the falcon in Kemet, was also a metaphor for higher consciousness, right? The other thing about the falcon is that it represents keen, it's superhuman quality was that it had a keen vision, right, that humans don't have, they could see miles from the sky under a leaf, spot a mouse swoop down and, and kill the mouse, you know? we can't do that as humans, but in our capacity, we may not have that keen eyesight with our two eyes, but we do have the pineal gland, right, what they call the third eye, but our teacher likes to say the first, because the pineal gland was actually developed before your, you know, two physical eyes, but we do, so we have that first eye that allows us to, see cla- to have clairvoyant vision that we could never dream imaginable. The way that we can see into our meditations with our, if we meditate with uh, maybe some, some amethyst or some lapis lazuli and tap into that, you know, pineal gland. And so that represents that keenness of vision. And so when you see the, the image, like whenever you think of Egypt or Kemet, you know, you see the eye, the eye of the falcon. Right. That was the eye of Haru, the right eye. It's usually represented in uh, from the side view, right? You can Google this, you can YouTube it, however you want. You so many um, websites will have that eye implanted or superimposed uh, in the brain, superimposed on the brain. So uh, from the side view, where the brain from the side view matches the eye of the falcon, right? To a point where the eyeball within the falcon is placed right where the pineal gland sits in the brain, right? And so that just gives you that that other parallelism with the pineal gland and the eyeball of the falcon, right? Why the falcon was revered so much to have these uh, qualities for us to possess these qualities within us, right? And so that's where a lot of this animal reverence came to it. It came to the fact that they were one, instinctive, so they were tapped into the program, and two, they were they had those superhuman qualities that we could possess, but within our capacity, right? And so that was the, the reverence of, of animals. And so when you saw what you know our nature rule, right? Our nature rule were represented in three forms. They were either either in the human form, they were either in their animal form, full-fledged animal form, or they were composite of both, where they would have the human uh, body and the head of the animal. And when you saw it in that form, that's when they're telling you that as a human, you should be trying to harness these qualities of the animal that's represent that uh represented on your head, that you're wearing on your head. Right? And so that's how, you know, these these animals became implanted now into kinetic art as natural. Okay. So
1: are you are you saying that um, the animal form of this is is for us to understand that we need to reach our higher self by using the animals and their abilities, their earthly abilities, to create our spiritual abilities.
4: Right. I mean, look, right. And, and that's the, you know, that's doing the work of Ma'at. Yes. Right. Ma'at is creating harmony between the, the domains, right? One of the principles of Ma'at is harmony between the domains, along with order, right? And balance. So when we and talk so, about Right. The harmony is the ability to understand. The other domain, step outside of yours and understand how we can harness the energy of those other domains. So, in that right, that's doing the work of my eye. Okay, to so when we
1: talk about the as, and
4: above, how to
1: as above, as below. The animal forms is the below form. And then to match that, to that duality, for us to match that, we would have to go above that. So, it would be the spiritual portion of yeah. the earthly portion. So we become the spiritual portion. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting is, is everybody else getting that too? That that's what, that's what I'm getting.
4: Right. And look, uh, Dr. J. If you ask me, I feel like there's no cookie cutter approach on how to handle spiritual philosophies. You know, I think that you make it what it is and you make it make sense, especially within your, your mission and how you would use it to help Embolden your energies, and we'll talk about that when we talk about my mission a little yeah, bit well, later. That make, that how makes I sense use those spiritual me. energies.
1: Yeah, it but makes yeah, sense so. to me because it, it shows it yeah. shows us uh, it shows us as being powerful. Because obviously, the spiritual um, yes. side of that is more powerful than the earthly side of yeah. that. It, it it shows up that if we can if we can harness all that to reach our highest selves, it will make us more powerful.
4: That's right, because we're it. trying to emulate that, which is uh superhuman, right? We're just trying to that's do it in our capacity. But well, we, can we can be
1: superhuman spiritually, even right, if superhuman
4: spiritually. Right, even if, spiritually.
1: if we don't obtain it on a on a on a natural level, which I think we can too, but since we're doing that duality, it's like this is the natural level, but we can go higher than that as we you know.
4: do the opposite yeah. of it. That's how I would that's how I translate it, you know, okay. the way that you just
1: Study. All right. I just wanted to, to be clear in my head what was going on. So um, you can
3: continue. Not unless somebody has something they want to add to that. Anita? Um, no, I don't have anything to add. And I think that's a very clarifying point, because although he um, Basui didn't pull it together that way, but in following it, you picked up on it and it made a clear point for me. So, okay. uh, yeah, so it, continue. This is yeah, rich, continue, this is good. Yeah,
1: because that's just what I'm getting, which is fascinating because it's making me feel like- Extremely. Right, that all this all this power that we harness. Okay, um, carry on.
4: <laughs> okay, and so now we have, where are we at? The next charu, uh, Now, So now we have the next rule, right? And now we see how They are being used in, you know, they they are used in mythology when they are represented with the animal heads, what what that means. And we see that throughout Kemet mythology. Mythology is one of the main ways that spirituality is is expressed and translated or was translated to the Kemeti youth. And now it should still be translated to us. You know, we should always be into. You know, our mythology to get metaphors, you know, for how we can harness these energies and that's so that's the job of the natural ruin these mythologies right they are those personalized. uh, personalized spiritual laws of the universe just put into a story, so they can make a story out of this and they can translate how these uh, spiritual laws interact with us how they interplay with us and how they you know interplay with each other right and so now we have these Kemetic mythologies right and and all these mythologies they pretty much communicate the the spiritual you know I guess the following spiritual concepts like the pre-created state they all start with the pre-created state the creator and the created state, the spiritual laws and principles of the universe that maintain creation once it was created, that would be the natural rule. And, you know, and the afterlife, and the afterlife. You know, you know, the, all of them spoke on the afterlife as well. And so these mythologies were designed to relay those messages through the nature and from studying the nature rule, now we get to really incorporate these principles, or we really get to ruminate on these principles and make them make sense in our lives. In one of the biggest mythologies that existed in all of Kemet, <clears throat> right? Yeah, I know this, I said there were four theologies that existed and you, know, you had the 42 districts in, you know, each one of them had their own local nature that they gave praise to, but a the story, the Asarian drama, Asari set in Haru, existed all throughout Kemen, right? Even to a point where some of the local nature of other uh, districts would kind of super implant their nature within that story. You know, so everybody really wanted to to partake in this drama, you know, and wanted to be able to manifest the messages that were coming from this drama. And I I guess real briefly to, for anyone who really is unfamiliar with the story of Asar Aset and Heru, we're talking about Asar and Aset, they were the archetype of the king and queen, quote unquote, in uh, Kemet, right? The archetype for the king and queen. They were the first king and queen in, you know, mythological uh, terms, right? They were the first king and queen. They brought civilization to Kemet after man's downfall. They brought civilization. They were the ones responsible for bringing civilization back to Kemet. So Asar then goes around the world because he realized this thing works. You know, so he goes around the world on a campaign to civilize the world. You know, and he's getting rave reviews about it. He's civilizing the world. He's bringing civilization to the world. But his brother is jealous. His brother wants the throne. His brother Set or Setesh, you know, sometimes you'll hear him call. And so he waits till Asar gets back. But let me you this, you know, Set is jealous. Asar is going away. Set wants the throne. He won't attempt to take it while Asar is gone. He won't attempt to like seize it because why? A set is still there. This is to show you how powerful you know women are. He's not gonna try to do anything while a set is because a set is bad. Like she, in any myth that a set is found in, she makes miracles happen, literally. She makes miracles, you know, to dispose of whatever negative energy is around her or to get what she needs out of a situation, right? And so she was always seen as to be seen in awe, you know, or like revered. So Set didn't mess with, you know, the throne, wow, or Set was there by himself. So he waits till a saw gets back, you know, and um, think they're at, they're at a like party or something. And he comes up with this ruse to kill a saw. And he does, right? He puts a saw in a chest and he locks a saw in the chest and he dumps the chest into a river. The chest goes like up to Lebanon or somewhere. And so, or Set hears about this. She wasn't around when Set did this, of course. So she hears about this and goes to find Asar. She locates him, realizes that he's dead. And so she wants to revive Asar, bring him back to life. She doesn't have an heir, or Asar doesn't have an heir. So she wants to create this for Asar. Set hears about this. He goes to locate uh, the chest that Asar is in takes them out of the chest, chops them up into 14 pieces and dispels them all over the land, right? <clears throat> so once he does that, now a set goes on this campaign around Kemet along with her, her best friend Nebuchadnezzar to locate the 14 pieces. They do this and they put Asar back together. And then from that, you know, she turns into a dove, flaps her wings and magically Asar is revived. For the night and from there she bores his son so you know they're able to have copulation she bores his son and so now Heru is born. Heru represents higher consciousness well let me get into the principles in in a minute right so Heru is born. Set hears about this so uh a set hides Heru in the marshlands of the delta you know until he's old enough to fight set and so when he gets trained by Jehuti and by his uncle, you know, and so when he's old enough now, he gets in a battle with Set. They get into an 80-year battle, 80-year battle. You know, and Heru wins pretty much every, every battle. Heru wins, but Set doesn't go away. After a while, so now they take the case to the courts, right? And these are like nine Netureu, who work as the court, the law, the lawgivers now, right? And so they plead their case to the natural And it's finally awarded for Heru to take the throne and for Set, now he really doesn't get punished, right? He's kind of not really awarded, but Ra is the, you know, the creator. So Ra tells Set, I want you to travel with me on my bark, on my boat and help me ward off A pep, a pep is like the the big snake in comedic art that represents evil. So set is actually used for good now. He's telling set, I want you to come with me to help me ward off evil. I want you to lead my bar and do this. And so if you ever see this picture in comedic art, you see a boat with bra on it. In front of the boat, there'll be set holding up a stick and uh, hitting a snake with the stick. Right? And so that's what that picture is representing. The moment that Ra said, you know, <clears throat> awards Heru the victor and has set come fight off evil with him in his boat. And so that's the story of Asar set in Heru in a brief, a very brief form, very abridged version. right? And so from the story, there's so many principles to take out of the story, right? Here you have Asar really represents the higher self, right? This is man in his highest form, the closest you can get to the creator, right? The one who's civilizing everything. But a, a set, a set, not us sets, his wife, set, which represents the uncontrolled ego. This is what happens now when you let your ego get out of control. Man takes a plummet, right? And and, and man disregards his higher self, right? He becomes jealous. He disregards his higher self, right? And so that's the whole chopping up of the higher self, dismembering it. And life is supposed to be about you cultivating a wisdom in order to find your higher self. We need now the wisdom that's going to lead us to all the correct pieces. A set represents wisdom. Remember, I told you in every in every mythology that she was in, she did miracles to get out of situations or get what she wanted from a situation. That's wisdom, right? That, 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 that symbolizes. So <clears throat> this is what you need in order to go about the campaign of remembering remembering your purpose, right? And that's what Aset is trying to do. She's trying to remember Asar. And so she does that. And it also tells you that in life you need companionship. That's going to help you along your mission. An arduous mission like this, you can't do it alone. You need companionship. So she has her best friend Nebethat, who goes all around the, you know, Kemet to help her do this, right? And and from that, you know, Heru is born. And so now these are the things that you need to cultivate your higher consciousness. These are the things in play. Also, Jahuti is on the scene as well, right? Remember, Jahuti now is going to help uh, Heru cultivate his, his training skills to defeat Seth, right? And his uncle representing family, right? And so now, you know, your, your, your higher consciousness is born and now you need a divine intelligence. Now you need an d- intelligence that's going to lead you the right way, you know, so you don't go astray and, and, and lose your higher consciousness again. It's now married to your intelligence, your, you know, your divine intelligence. And you're around family, you know, your uncle is training. you, So now you're in a safe zone, cultivating your higher consciousness. And until it's ready to get to a point where now the battle with the ego and the spirit begins, you know, the, the ego in the higher consciousness begins. This is the battle that we are all faced with. It's an eternal, you know, this eternal battle until we can learn. Well, it's, it's an eternal battle, right? Because you never, you can never really conquer your ego for good. Your ego is always going to come up with, with sophisticated and, and more and stronger techniques for you to subdue. And so you have to always come up with more sophisticated and stronger techniques to conquer your ego. And see, that's the, now there's a side story from the Asar Set and Heru. It's part of the story, but it has its own story. It's called the Contendings of Heru and Set. That's what this whole story is about. The battle between, the 80 year battle between Heru and Set. And there's a passage where Heru says, I've defeated Set now thousands of times and yet he still comes back you know and so he's wondering like what more can i do you know he's he's pondering he's wondering why he can't defeat set you know and it's in battle he he never he could never really defeat set in battle it wasn't until he went to he pleaded his case to the courts that he was actually able to win out his decision over Seth, but he never defeated Seth. So there's a symbolization that, you know, you never really defeat your ego. You can keep it at bay, subdue it. And that's kind of what Ra did when Ra said, all right, Seth, you know, you can't be beat, but let me take you on my boat so you can help me now to defend evil, which is another principle telling you that even though our kind, you know, we can allow just as we can allow our ego to be uncontrolled and cause disaster and chaos and mayhem, we can also control it and have us work for the good for us. Remember, your ego represents brute strength and force and might. Those are things that can be seen as virtuous if used the right way. Right? And so that's what Ra does. He takes uh set and he Figures out how to use, you know, set for good, you know, and and right. So now Heru becomes the victor where he is now united with his father. Well, once Heru becomes the victor, Heru, uh, Heru is ruled victor on earth. Asar is now ruled victor of the underworld. Because remember, Asar is deceased. He's ruled victor of the underworld. But in this way, it's symbolizing their union right as uh rulers of the two existences of life right as above, uh, so life below and, life.
5: and that turns back to as
2: above and so below You'll as above right
4: and mm-hmm. and now right as above so below and so now we'll see why in in kemet the rulers saw themselves as the living Heru. Right, every ruler, especially in the beginning, they all had what's called Heru names. They all saw themselves as Heru on earth. And when they were deceased, you ever saw that you know, you see the scene of Ma'at, that's the halls of Ma'at. At At the very end of that scene, there's a Tsar sitting on his chair. And when you were found vindicated, your heart was found lighter than a feather, you go to meet a Tsar, right? And that's the, that's the design, you know, to be able to become one again with the Tsar. And so that, you know, that's, so that is how we can take these mythologies and translate them into real world principles to help us along our journey. You know, that's, that's just one, you know, and that's our job really is to, when we read these mythologies, we're supposed to do this. To learn how to use them, study the natural within these stories and understand how we can use them to help us along our journey, study their principles, their characteristics, right? And how we can manifest those. So that, and that's the story of Asar Seton Haru.
1: Yeah. I actually want to thank you for taking the time to explain the entire story. I was writing Please. things down version. as you were, yeah. as, you, as you was going and, um, this is amazing to me because this is the exact story told over and over again by every different religious state, <laughs> you know? And um, I understood the story um, totally, I understood it. I, I wrote right. down everything that was oh. said and I and I understood it, it, it sounds as though, um, The story is retold and retold and retold because we need to understand it in everybody's language. We need to understand it in everybody's um, capacity so that everyone can understand the role that they play in getting back to their highest self, which takes us back to our divine um, father, which is the one who created us. So thank you for actually going through that whole mythological story because it it literally made sense to me uh kiana and anita i'm sure it made sense to you as well
2: oh Uh, yeah definitely
1: it was was
5: very plain
3: yeah Yeah. he's been
5: very plain (laughs) yeah he did a good job of explaining it and i'm gonna be really corny and geeky right now because what really stood out um is when he was talking about a set and how she had to go find those 14 pieces of uh, the king and he said he used the word remember and I was just like wow remember because (laughs) that dismembered asar and she has to remember him like literally put him back together and I was like wow that that word right there i never even looked at the word remember like that like oh my gosh remembering it's putting the pieces back together yes. because there's pieces in your mind that you know the answer to this but you can't wow. say the answer until you put those pieces back together i'm like wow that's what remember oh, means? i'm like wow, wow. yes yes that's deep yeah, 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 yeah. you know that's so really that, deep that was yeah that was that was pretty deep to me i was like i never even wow. knew what that would like the you know the etymology of that word it made so much sense because
4: of this story now
2: Yes. Talk yeah, about, we, about awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Absolutely. See, that's the thing. You know, it, it's, it, it should never be about, you know, I, I'm even though I understand, you know, what's been done to the, you know, the history of Kimmet, I know in the first two podcasts, we're talking about the injustice. But, you, you know, to me, it really stops there because when it comes to spirituality, I'm not in the habit of saying that, well, Yours came from mine, you know, so <laughs> mine is the one that needs to be practicing. These, like I said before, when we were talking about the first creation mm-hmm. story, these laws exist in all of them. You know, Dr. J, you you, you just pointed out, you yes. know, yes. On some of the principles that, you know, you find in, in, in Christianity, right? Yes. Here you talk, we're, we're seeing sibling rivalry, right? A set, a sar and set were brothers, mm-hmm. right? And so we, we see that sibling rivalry played out over and over again, right? Even in the so. life see it played out over and over again, right, where the son has to, to uh, avenge the father, you know. And so it's, it's really about finding commonality, finding common ground, right, that will allow a room full of people with different uh, spiritual backgrounds and, and religions to be able to build on this. You know, and maybe I can extract something from yours into, you know, I, I didn't think of it that way. Just the same way Kiana just said, yeah, remember, you know, it, it just introduced the concept of remember in a different you know, in, in a, a whole way. new way, you know. Yeah.
5: And also, like like Dr. J said, um, it has to be presented in different ways, because if it's just one way, you you keep a group out that may not have access to it in that way, because they're like, oh, well, that's not for me. That's for black people because that's a black story so you have to make that story in every culture you know and in other religions that they still have access to this information and they still get the point if they take the time to want to find that journey it has because like you started just from the beginning with your intro with the creation story the creator made these billions of vessels which is us people so that the creator could experience life on this planet that isn't that if it's if it's every person that was created then the creator has to have access to every person on the planet and that's going to be done through different ways through their culture through what their interests are through their stories their symbols you know because the creator didn't just create a certain group of people and then what about the other people that exist the creator created all the people so the creator wants to be remembered and he wants us to go up that chain of higher consciousness to get back to spirituality to reach the creator again just like the sar and story showed how at the end of your life you go sit next to Asar um, a which is you know the creator of God like things like that we all have that purpose in life to do what you do as you're living so that when you die you're rejoined with the creator it's like it doesn't like we've all said it doesn't matter how you've come to that conclusion and what a story or religion you follow as long as you get that story and then now set your life on that path you've done it you've succeeded you're you're doing it you don't have to switch religions or or switch anything to do it if you, if you follow one thing and, it, and you got that message to do it keep doing that and do it well because just yeah. by doing that you are raising the vibration on this planet and also um well that's one point um I don't know if someone wanted to to comment on that because I had another point. So before I get to the other point, I'll let someone else speak. But I,
1: what I wanted to say is while you were talking, it was reminding me once again of the Tower of Babel, how the languages were um, were changed so that, you know, no one understood what anybody was saying. And then in, in Christianity, once um, the Holy Spirit arrived, it it opened that up again so that everyone understood in their own language. It wasn't like everybody was, um, um, the disciples were, were speaking a language and everybody understood it. It was everyone was speaking in their own language, in their own understanding. So as I was listening to Basui, as clearly as he was telling me this mythological story from Kemet, I was seeing my own christianity story you you know and i'm sure someone else might be seeing their story from whatever religion that they are um studying as well so it's not about changing and basui you said this it's not about changing somebody else's walk it is about respecting that everyone is really on the same natural walk but we're just going by it in different ways. Like I took a train, you took a plane, you drove your car, you ride you well, rode your bike.
5: But we're all trying to get to the same destination. Yes.
1: Yeah? Yes. So that's how I see it just now.
5: Yeah, that's good. Um, I thank you for that transportation uh metaphor, because that also is very helpful. We're fighting about how we get in there,
2: but we all just go to the same place, people.
4: <laughs> and the thing is, even with that. <laughs> we don't need to be trying to to give somebody a ride to our destination because we think they're moving too slow. <laughs> you know, you know, speaking of transportation, right? That's you know, absolutely we right. we get there when we're supposed to get there.
5: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah,
4: I've well. got to convert you. I got to get you to you know to my thing because. You take it too long to get to yours. Yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because it's not just religious texts. It's, it's everything um, in this world because they have fables about these very principles yes. too. Yes. Just like you're saying about the speed that brings to mind the tortoise and the tortoise hare. And the hare. It's one of my yeah. favorite fables. And right. that is also teaching at a very elementary level to children about that, what you just said. Don't, everyone goes at their own pace, you know? You don't begrudge the other person because they're moving like this while you think, ha look at me. I'm, I can run this race circles around you. And then that gets you off your journey because you're looking over there. And now you look up and they're crossing the finish line and you haven't even finished your journey. So these are all, lessons can be found in any place. And it's so amazing that when creation started, the intent was to put these lessons out here for us to have this roadmap, I used yeah. the word roadmap earlier, and now it's just like mind blown that we have
4: all of these tools for the roadmap. Yeah. And we would say just because you move slower, that you're not seeing the messages clearer. Sometimes you, you, it should allow you to see the messages clearer because you have more time on your journey, right? To really yeah. step yeah. back yeah. and, and, and you know, get a, a real look at what's going on, You know the message that's being sent to you as opposed to just trying to move straight through your path, you know? Yeah. yeah. So we will never know another person's walk, you know? We just have to respect it and say, look, you know, they they're on their journey, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like what you said um earlier when you said that you you're you're never I think you said that you would never say to somebody you're on the wrong track. um, um you need to get on my track. Yeah. I like how you said that, because um, that's been the problem, I think, throughout history. Everybody wants to convert somebody. Missionaries go into every single country that they want to go into. And, uh, and you know,
4: right, right.
1: Individuals have been worshiping their whole entire life for centuries. And all of a sudden what they've been worshipping, you know, that that's a, that's very detrimental and traumatic. Yeah. to a, to a, to a people, you that know? That sounds
2: like that
5: ego, <laughs> unchecked ego. Yeah.
1: That unchecked that, ego. Yes.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, it that unchecked after, ego. It's, it's my opinion, um, that when, when you're going along on your journey, you don't have, you really don't have time to, to, to look left or right to see how another person is doing their journey. You're just supposed to sojourn on and you know, be respectful of the people to the left and right of you. Yeah. But generally, yeah. I don't think you should get caught up in trying to, sh- you know, give them a cheat quote or share. I mean, share, of course, but by experience and by right, example. Right. You know, don't try to beat people over the head with what you know, because who's to say that the journey you're on is theirs? I mean, like we said, it's the same goal, but there's different means to that
2: end.
4: That's
2: right it's not
5: one way and, and for us and that really is ego to think that you have the monopoly on it just like yeah. you said um about humans even thinking that they have the monopoly on existence so they you know don't have respect for any of the other domains you know they don't care about the trees they cut down they don't care about the animals they hit with their cars you know all things they don't care about you know any you know what i'm saying like we, we know we've seen even without having this um podcast to, to bring up this topic we've seen in our years of living folks that don't have reverence for the other domains yeah clearly their ego is unsure. yeah yeah but I'll- again that's me on my journey, not even looking left and right about what they're not doing, because that would take me offline, you know? Yeah, no, that's
1: absolutely true. I like also what you said, um, Basui, when you said the creator creates vessels to experience life, and He's ex- and right. he, he or she, because he or she mm-hmm. is, is experiencing life through us, through mm-hmm. everything that we experience gives the creator an opportunity to experience life on this realm because he's that's on right. a higher he or she is on a higher right. realm right. right and in order to experience what this life is because we we are connected to to the um to the creator we're part of the creator so in order for the creator to experience life on this realm he experiences it through us
4: yeah that you know that's why my teacher my teacher always says that, you know, gratitude is the highest form of love, right? It just, gratitude expresses divine love. Because gratitude is making you see that divine exchange within everything. Yeah. And you're giving thanks. You're not giving thanks to the object that you're, that you're looking at. Right, right, right. You're thanks to the, the, the energy that's allowing that object to be there and express itself through the object. You know, so that's yes. that's the, um, the gratitude that you're having, you know, for that, that entity, you know, and that's right. So that's divine love, because that type of love is always connecting you to the source that's within the object, you know? Yes. You're, you're, you're almost transparent in your vision, you know? You're, you're looking at that source through the object, you know, and that, that's universal love, you know? That's, yeah. yeah. That's so great.
1: So it's not the object itself. You're, you're, um, not, you're not worshiping the stars or the moon or 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 the animals or even people. What you're right. worshiping is the divine essence of what that particular thing right. that
4: yep. brings. Right. The you're giving gratitude you. as yeah. as if it's a message from the like I see, you know, with the yes. animals, why they revere the animal They looked at it as not the animal itself, but they looked at the qualities that the, yes. uh, ex, the creator was expressing through the animals and say, wow, that's a message for us to cultivate those qualities. i say the animal was just a vessel. You know, it was showing you what you need to cultivate. You know, so, right, you're not worshiping the animal, but it's right. you're saying thank you for showing me that quality, you know, that I need to, you know, I need to find within myself, you know, something right, to help right. me on my journey.
1: Yeah, that and and that was all clear. I, I totally understood that whole that whole thing.
4: Right. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of people they see, you know, they they automatically say that, you know, animal worship and sun worship. So, yeah, I think we talked about it in the podcast, you know, the the rever- it was a reverence to the sun. You know, a, a reverence of the its movement, not the sun itself, but the movement that it was making. You know, so it's about the energy, the subtle energy behind the actual physical object, you know, that leads to you know the Ex-
1: examples of the divine laws and principles. They're just examples. Right, right, right. right. Divine divine yeah, that, that's all
4: they are. That's yeah. all they are. Yeah. Yeah. that's Simples. all they are. Yeah,
1: symbolic.
2: Um, and I
5: think that um that leads us right into. What you always say, Basui, which is that spirituality is in everything. Yes, yes. And I know Christianity also alludes to that, um, just like what you were just saying about looking beyond the individual or the object and seeing the divine. I know in Christianity, they say things like the Jesus in me loves the Jesus in you. And that, too, is speaking to yes. not looking at the person, but letting the spirit match the spirit. So that's one piece. But Basu, you always talk about how um spirituality is and everything. And also in the Bible it talks about how uh if you lift a rock, you'll find me there. They split a rock, remember those yeah. Uh, verses? Yeah. Split a rock and
1: I'll be there too because it's everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Because because it's everywhere. It's every Bye. every place. Um, it's everywhere. It's it's in and it's like you said. It's in this chair. It's in this table. It's in this computer. It's it's every single where.
4: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and that's it. I think if we can get past. Um and and Keanu mentioned it. It's it's the ego, which um translates. Yeah. yeah. To <clears throat> our, our, upset our uncontrolled ego, um which tells which fights within our our um higher self. We're, we're fighting against that thing, which keeps us balanced. And the whole thing is about balance. The whole thing is is about staying in balance with the divine laws that have already been put in place, even before we came, before we were even created. So it,
2: it's the yeah, it's the laws. yeah, yes. Not, yes the law of the
1: so um, it's, it's really, if, I think if everybody stopped and just thought about their own way of worshiping and just pulled out all of the things that led you back to, to God or um, the divine and, and didn't think about nothing else, then I think everybody would be on their own right track. You, you understand what I'm saying? Everybody yeah, would be. I like think
4: that. so, too. I, I believe so.
1: Yeah. And we would, we would finally start to really get back to, to the divine, which is what we want to get back to.
2: Mm-hmm. And if
1: we can, if we can and, and you know what, and, and this is pulling in Christianity just for a moment, um, be, um, because the only law that um, Jesus gave was the law of love. Because if you could just put aside all of the rest of it and you just focused on love, then everything else falls in place. You, you know what I mean? Um, it's a hard pill to swallow because our ego is so strong. It's, it's very easy for us to say on this podcast, we need to let go of our ego. Right. But apparently our ego is very strong. And you mentioned the, the individuals, um, I wrote it down, what is that, the, 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 the neb-het?
4: Oh, Nebehet.
1: Yeah, Nebehet. Ne- I, right. I, I put some things, I, I said to me, that equaled my spiritual help, my spirit help, that, that help, that um, yeah, helped me, and then the Jehuti.
2: Jehuti, like, uh, Jehuti,
1: I put that in equal strength for me. So it was like, even though the um, set within myself is my uncontrolled ego, the I have things within myself also, not right. things, but but um, uh, spirit helps. I have uh, a, a spirit in my case, it would be like my Holy Spirit, the spirit that that is my helper that helps me to overcome that ego right, and right. also the strength of jahuti is just the, the strength of my divine um self that that keeps me from falling into the trap of my ego so i have all this help along the way and it's the same help you'll find in all of the other religions when you think about christianity when you think about islam when you think about right. Judaism, they all have their own versions of this helper that helps you fight against your ego. Right.
4: Oh, yeah. right that,
1: yeah. that made sense to everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah.
4: Total. Yeah. total.
2: Yes. So it, it, it I got a better bad.
1: understanding. I got a total better. I I feel like I I feel like I got all of this now. <laughs> I, I do. I I feel oh, like. Yeah, thanks.
2: No, I'm serious.
1: <laughs> not only not not even only just on what's happening in Kevin. I think I got all of it. What's happening period in the world i think I think I have a better understanding of what is happening in the world
4: and i hear you've been you've been reading spiritual warriors and healers as
1: well oh i got I got my book right here yes i I'm, I'm doing my little i'm I'm doing my readings right now and it's like so excited I'm excited I got so many books and I'm listening to so many different um audio books and you know um there's this um They got some poetry in here, you know, prayers, I guess, poetry, prayers. Um, They're just beautiful. I should read one.
5: Can I read one? No, please don't read one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, they are. They are very beautiful.
1: They're beautiful. If you get an opportunity, please pick up the book, Spiritual Warriors Are Healers. And um, please just read it because it's. Beautiful stuff in here, and I and I've been enjoying every minute of it. Yeah. But you, you know me. I enjoy study anyway. I enjoy learning new things and 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 having a better understanding. And I have a very good understanding of everything that is happening here um, tonight. And I'm very grateful that we had this. You are.
4: Wow.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ooh,
4: so, well, you know, oh, I'm a, you know in my, in my spiritual reading, going back to what we were just speaking to. Prior, you know, uh, my 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 teacher, he he told me that I forgot the card that I picked. I think the thing was a card of spirituality, and you know, he told me what it meant was that you know I should be reading really to tap into your spiritual side more, because that's you know the direction that I'm really headed in. And he said, what you want to do is read is read spiritual books don't worry about where they're coming from you know just yeah. read it get familiar with that environment of spirituality you know just really stay in that mode of being connected of that mode of, of messages of reverence and you know gratitude to, to all life you should always be reading about these messages you know in these virtues try to stay as connected with them as you can stay in that environment you know until you you know you, you find your niche but yeah i agree i totally agree those, You know, on all spiritual all things spiritual, but we said they're talking about the same principle same right. they're just right. delivering it maybe in their you know in their spin but yeah. we can translate it as one one reading
1: well, you know, that's what I have done all of my whole 40 years of studying. And that is the reason why I can sit here tonight and tell you that not only do I get this, but I get all of it. Because yeah. to me, I read everything spiritual. I read right. everything spiritual because I I just, I guess like the creator, I want to experience life through everybody's vessel. Every,
2: right, right. The,
1: so I guess I inherited that from my father. <laughs> you, 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 and I'm talking about my spiritual heavenly father.
5: Right, right. Yeah. So, go ahead, Keith. Hmm. Oh no, I, I didn't. I wasn't going to say anything.
2: I just thought that was funny. Yeah.
1: So. All right. Well, is there any is there any closing remarks? Um, my co-host had to take care of her doggy. So she put us on hold for a little bit. I don't want to close out until she comes back, but I don't know how long she's going to be. So mm-hmm. does anybody have any closing remarks that they want to say or anything that they want to
5: add? Because, you know. Well, I, I think Basile should definitely um, now that he's uh, given us three, you know, three podcasts with an overview of everything. He, it, it explains a lot on what he's been up to in these past um, this past decade and what makes him, you know, continue with the shrine and everything. So it kind of makes more sense now. I mean, not that it didn't make sense to me as his wife, but just um, to others who are interested in in knowing a little bit about what he's about, because that's the question that I get asked so often. They look at me and they say, but what what is what is his religion? You know what does he believe? And it's and I always chuckle when I get this question because I'm like, what? I don't I don't understand the question because <laughs> yes. I know that you know there's no religion in Kemet like that. It's spirituality is such a broader thing. It's not we're not locked into a, a box of a religion. Although yes, I am a Christian and was raised in that way. But even just through my studies in these past five years, realizing that I don't even need to be in that box. As long as I have my mission, my journey, and I'm grateful for everything that Christianity has taught me because that was my foundation to even understand a purpose-driven life and to even have that interest in a journey. So I still, you know, love to read my Bible. There's so much wisdom in that as well, um, along with all the other pieces that we're getting. But these podcasts, I think will really, really, Open up uh, doors and opens people' mind to see that understanding about what can help you on your journey. There's no sin in that. There's no harm in that. That's what it may. That may be the missing piece to help you really get your life together.
2: Yeah.
5: So just I, okay. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree
1: with you. My my journey, um, be, as as you, um, beginning with Christianity, was not wasted. All of the studying, all of my biblical um, um, work that I've done, has aided me. And even sitting here right now, telling you that I get it, I get it, because the the understanding is in my head of all of the all. And I and I found something on on, on the um, internet when I was doing my research, and it says that um, what you said, Basui, that those, those animal-like um, images were not right. gods. They're not gods or goddesses of Egypt. They are the um, Neturu of ancient Kemet. It says it's the divine laws and principles of the creator, one creator. These are symbols to help you help your limited human consciousness wrap itself around the concept of the all only to be seen as individuals so that you can better understand the all. All
2: Understanding
1: something about the ocean through drops of water from it, you know? And I understood that because I sat here just now and said, I literally understand the all, the totality of it. And I don't like, as Kiana mentioned, I don't know if I would have been able to really understand the totality of it if I haven't taken my 40-year journey. You, you, mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it is not for me to dispel anything that I've learned uh, along the way, but I have now come to what I believe in my own self, in my own heart, the actual um, complete a completion. I feel like I've I've come full circle, and I've come to a, a completion where I understand the all and the totality of everything that I was trying to learn on this journey. Right, right.
4: Yeah, it's, yeah I think it, look, the best example that you just gave is the uh, the drop of water in the ocean. You know, they say that you can never really understand that something is a part of something if it never leaves it. You know how much of how much of a part of it is. If it never leaves it, you know, then you understand that when it's isolated, wait a minute, it still has the same properties. Yeah. This is part, this is, um, you know, like true to this, this circle or whatever entity that it came from. Yeah. You know, when, you, know you could just think that it's, it has those properties because it's within that environment, but I'll take it out the environment and say, wait a minute now. That's right. It exists the same. The drop of it's water outside of that environment that it does inside. That's so, right. You know those those drops that's, that's of water are
1: still right. part of the ocean they're still the ocean right although right, right. although they're just drops of water they are still part of the ocean yes they're and that's why
5: totality yeah yeah that's why uh, basui's teacher he loves to remind us that we are divine um spiritual beings having a divine human experience and once you just switch to that little mindset it changes everything about how you move in this life Yes. Right. And, and again, another and way of
1: looking like that, at that, I'm sorry, another way of looking at that, Kiana, and I'ma stay on the ocean thing, is that we are so much a part of the divine that even when we are just drops, we have been removed mm. from the divine, but we are still part of the, part divine. Of the divine. Although yeah. we are although we are drops of water. Yes, um, we are just drops, but yes. water yes. is water. <laughs> Yes. But can you imagine when we all get when we all gather together, we become the ocean again. Absolutely.
2: All of those (laughs) drops of
1: water, when you gather them all together, becomes the ocean again. And And that's how I see ourselves, that we are part of this divine being. And each of us are drops of water from that divine pool. And when we all come together, we become the divine in its totality.
4: That makes sense
1: to you?
2: Of course,
5: get whatever tool we need to start our journey or continue our journey if we have already started to not lose sight of it by distractions to the left or to the right. We have to stay on the course on what our gifts are and how to manifest those gifts for the divine to experience the best life that we can give.
3: And the tools are those uh, domains, those primary domains. So we already have them and, um, going inside meditating is where you'll get to find that and, and keep that balance staying, definitely going within because outside is already the manifestation. You just need to understand where, what you need to do and hear from God and just be reminded Reminded Reminded. uh, of of those (laughs) domains because everything that we have is here. Those are our tools. Those are our tools. Look at nature; it gives us, you know, it's a semblance of what our life is. Pay attention to the animals; that's how we live. We have shelter; we're covered. Uh, We have conscious mind; we can do more than what the animals could do, but they're they're not you know, scratching trying to find something to eat. They're not, you know, they're managing. Right. So that's can right. we, because we're a higher consciousness. So yeah. take a play from those, take a, a playbook page from nature and the animals because that's where it's at.
4: That's right. That's yeah. right. But, but the, you know, the thing that we have to go against, which is sad, is that, you know, you take a example of Dr. Saby. They want to lock Mm. him up because he's using the plant domain to heal. Yeah. So, you know, the the thing that promotes my my art is use the other domains to help benefit humanity, you know, benefit creation. Yeah. That's what he did. But they want to lock him. So, you know, this is the the backward society that we're in. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to use my art, you know, it criminalizes you, you know, for trying to for trying to better humanity. So that, this is the, the task that
3: we have it's in huge. front of us, you know? Yeah, it's huge. But I, I believe that we're at a time of higher consciousness. And I think because of now all the, you know, the chaos that's going on in the world, it's seeking to create confusion so that no one really knows which way to go. It's like, oh, this higher consciousness then maybe I need to be over here and, and it's like, no, you need to be focusing on so many other things and yeah. keep the distraction going. You know, it's a game of the, the distraction. Yeah. So People are
1: still confused though, because they're not understanding the, uh, what I just said, the totality of it all. If they Even a small understanding, they would not be going here and there and to and fro and And saying you're wrong and you need to do this and you need to do that, they would, okay, the only word I can, they would stay in their own lane.
2: Okay.
1: They would understand that we are all working our way back to the ocean. (laughs)
2: That's right. right.
1: I I like that ocean theory. They would love
2: it too.
4: Yeah. We're
1: all working our way back to the ocean.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: (laughs) That's the best way to explain the concept of spirituality and. You know, being individual spiritual beings, yeah. you know, living in this realm. Like that's that's it right there, you know?
1: <laughs> we're gonna all wake up one day and we're all going to um we're all gonna understand it and we're all going to um we're gonna do it. You know, we we I know that it's difficult with, with so many different stories, but if you can just concentrate on the story that best helps you to understand what's happening. Jesus spoke in parables. He spoke in parables because that was what was happening in that time. You know, they were, they understood fishing. They understood farming. They understood these things. Mm -hmm. And he spoke that way so that they could understand. If each of us can just concentrate on the stories, the mythology, the, the, um, the readings and the spiritual, um, stuff that can better help us to understand, you know, um, some people have to count on their fingers. Some people, um, can count in their head. Some people have to write things down or actually get sticks to put them all together, but they're counting, right? And they're coming to a sum, by their own means. We all have different ways in which we learn. Some of us are visual. Some of us
2: are audible. Are, are, audible.
1: Exactly. Kinesthetic. So if we can just totally keep our concentration on the way that we learn and the way that we accept right. information and just receive the information. And we, we, we still have work to do because we still have to fight against the, the ego, our ego. The fight is not outside of ourselves. You know, um, in the Christian world, Jesus says the kingdom of God is within you. Well, we need to understand that the fight, the ego is within us. It is the fight within us. I'm not fighting with you, Basui. I'm not fighting with you, Anita. I'm not fighting with you, Kiana. I'm actually fighting with myself. There is no outside fight. And and I think on, on, on one of these outlines, um, you end it with the path of a spiritual warrior, warrior. is know thyself so, mm-hmm. and, and spiritual readiness. We must tackle the, the I, the me, what's happening inside of us because there is mm-hmm. no enemy without. The enemy is within. And exactly. that's where the fight begins on the inside of us. And if we concentrate on, on understanding that we have to get to that place within our own spirit and there's nothing outside of us, then we will, we will be better equipped to deal with what's happening in the world. That's my opinion. Um, I know it's just my opinion. And so I'm just going to put my opinion out there and say that's how I believe we can get to, what do you say, mayot, maat. I think we can get to a divine order if we all search within ourselves and did the work that comes with knowing thyself. So that's where I'm going to end it. And each of you can give me your final thoughts, starting with uh, you, Kiana?
5: Well, yeah, I I agree. I couldn't agree more. That's always been uh, my position um, for the past uh, 20 years, I'd say. I've been very focused on my journey and wanting to shine my light in the world and and do everything that I'm supposed to do so that I can make my contribution because I do see every life on the planet as like you said a drop of water uh, um, a contribution so I wouldn't want to waste this life by not fulfilling my mission and also last podcast last month we talked about how what they wrote um, in their lifetime was their living obituary of keeping track of what they're doing so that they know when the day they die this record has already been there. You don't have to scramble to to write an obituary to figure out what a person did because that person wrote it already. So that's the same mindset that we're carrying on this journey. What do we want to accomplish? And it doesn't even have to be like, I'm not even talking about accomplishments in the Western sense of what society says is success, not that type of accomplishments. Like Dr. Caroline already pointed out, the fight is within. So what are you accomplishing by what, how are you, um, keeping your ego at check at at bay every single day. That's that's an accomplishment. If I if I can wake up every day, knowing that that's the only task I have, and I succeed at night. You know, when I go to bed, I can lay down and say I did that. That's the success I'm talking about. Because then I know that's helping me on my journey to say that I have lived my. So, yeah, I'm glad that we've had, I'm so happy that we've had these conversations for these past three months, because they're helpful to me, who's continuing um, on in my learning. But I think it's really helpful to those who haven't even started yet. I think that they kind of have some direction
2: now. So thank you so much for this podcast. Yes. Basui. Yeah, and
4: just to uh, you know, go off of what Kiana was just you know speaking on, and she says this sometimes too, is that you know we we think that change happens, and you know to be uh, cliche is that change happens overnight or you know in an instance, but we get deterred very easily, and we can get disappointed very quickly when we think like that. You know, what, what was it the saying, on Progress over? Over perfection. Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. And so we have to treat that as our approach to life. You know, and that way we can understand, you know, as Dr. J, what you were saying, that we all are a part of this pool. We're just like this one little drop working on ourselves to get back to this pool, But that work may be a lifetime. It just may be, you know, it, it may be a few years, but we just gotta know that that work is one step at a time. And, you know, just within health, you know, I would never tell a person to just, if they're eating meat or pork or whatever, just to just cut out what they're doing and go straight into a, a green, all green diet, because that can actually shock the system, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. They have a concept which is called crowding out. You introduce health at a time at, in bits. And then by you, you know, the, the end of the maybe year or something, next thing you know, you look up and your plate has, has more greenery on it than meat on it, you know. Yeah. You are still eating what you're eating, but you got you're crowding it out, you know, with new stuff that you add throughout the years. You know, and that's, that's how we should approach spirituality. <clears throat> you know, we introduce a new ritual yeah. every, you know, few out of whatever days or years or weeks or months or whatever, just add a new ritual, add something new that's going to familiarize you with that creative force, you know, just something new, whether it's a bit of gratitude or, you know... We have this gratitude jar that I know I need to uh, <laughs> that I need to really commit to. But um, these are uh, just any anything, any small, minute uh, thing that can help you along your mission that you can just add in 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 a modicum, you know, add, add very minute and just just keep adding it, and don't worry about the goal, just worry about that journey. You know, and, and as you see the progress, that's gonna that's gonna inspire you more to keep doing what you're doing to, to reach that goal. So I think that's to me that's one of the best approaches to take in life, you know, the, the crowding out method where you just you know keep, continue what you're doing. Don't don't go, you know, you can't go cold turkey. Everybody can. not Some people can't. Right, right, but if right. you can't, then stay in your comfort zone, but add things that will eventually move you out of that comfort zone you know so by the next thing you know you're walking a whole different walk without even realizing
1: you know i like that advice thank you for sharing that i'm gonna i'm gonna work on that myself because there's some things that i need to crowd out (laughs) so
4: crowd it out yeah yeah
1: so thank you for that and uh, my lovely co-host is back from walking her dog.
3: <laughs> so uh, Hi.
2: Anita,
1: what are your final thoughts?
3: Final thoughts. Um, I think everyone you know, contributed thoughts that I would have shared. Um, I just like to say at the close of this topic, these past three months have really been enriching. And it's an area I've not even begun to think about. I've not even known about, but as um, from my very first meeting, it was like an awareness. It was as if I'd been wanting to know this information, but never knew where to look. And I have been asking people. So thank you Basui for bringing this topic and really educating me, us, all of our listeners on this topic, and it's real. Uh, Last month, there were parallels to present day activities that you were talking about of ancient Kemet times. And it's all there for us to see if we're if our eyes are open and you have definitely done that. It's like the lifting of the veil. I've used that before. it was in my notes. It's the lifting of the veil we now see. And so for me, I will continue on in this journey and the unfolding and excavating of our ancient past because there is something there and this story needs to get out and, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much as you continue on this journey and bringing this truth to us. So thank you.
4: Very very welcome. Very welcome. I'm just appreciative to be able to do this, (laughs) you know, and and actually speak what I know on on Kemet and and, um, hope that I can, you know, if not influence, but just captivate the mind for a minute and, and get people to think a different way about, what they may have thought about, you know, and I hope I just done that. And, you know, well, yeah. you have, done you have. So I,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's accomplished. So just keep spreading the word because, uh, you know, the lifting, the raising of consciousness is, it's, it's here. It's this time. That's why all these things are being uncovered. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're hearing about it in the news, you know, statues and, um, um, stolen goods from the African countries are being returned and the stories are coming up. It's just every day it's something else because that now it's that time. It's yeah. that time. Yeah. So you're spot on. Keep doing the work.
1: Yeah. And I recognize that even just even these three um, part series is not really enough. So mm-hmm. we're we're gonna have you we're gonna have you back, but we're gonna have a different um format where you can actually be able to really give some really good lessons and that's forthcoming so we'll talk about that later so we've come to the end of our program this is dr caroline jones and i'm here with my very special guest mr basui nika amen and his wife kiana jones nika Iman, and of course my lovely co-host miss anita d from we are happy to bring this lesson to you and we plan on bringing you so much more um next month we start a whole another series on something totally different and we hope that you're gonna like that as well mm-hmm. we want you to join us again as we come back and have another candid conversation about something fun and in the meantime If there is anything you would like to hear or understand or talk about, or if you want to be a part of the show, just give us a call. Um, Give us, uh, send us an email. uh, Go to our website. All of that information will be put into the podcast information. But the bottom line is we want to hear from you. So have a good night and we will see you next time.
2: Wow. Shake.